What's up, long players? Welcome back to the Long Play Listening Party, the show where we go deep on local music, writing, recording, inspiration, gear, doing the introduction for the third time, and whatever else sounds good to us. I'm Howie Howard from Mr. Furious Records, joined by my intrepid co-host, Nate Holt, Astrology's Music, and many other projects. What's going on, Nate? Oh, um, doing great. How are you? I'm all right. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and get some music going immediately. And uh, we're having a little bit, you know, of a of a weird one. We're, uh, we're improvising a bit tonight, listeners. You know, a lot of musicians out there are busy. That's great. Uh, some people, you know, feeling a little under the weather, tired, whatever the case may be. And so we have... Uh, kind of a a show we weren't necessarily planning on doing and it's a show about uh, my new Night Mode record I was not planning to do a full podcast on this record but here we are album is called Continuing Worlds and the theme of the album is um, the Akai AX60 synthesizer from 1986 I bought one of these synthesizers um, when I finished the recordings for my only mostly dead project, which is the massive set of MS-20 monosynth recordings. I kind of thought, well, let's do that with a polysynth. Uh, And I went looking for vintage analog polysynths. Junos are real expensive and have some well-known uh, maintenance issues and um, you know so that that was kind of uh, not going to happen the well maintained or, or the say it again the, Nate uh, I was going to say the, the nice you knows that you don't have to get and then like figure out how to repair them or something are expensive <laughs> like, right. I think and- you can find and at this stage, you know, a lot of them, have, if they're working, have been repaired. You know, there's, there's the foam issue where they had all this foam inside that gets that breaks down. It gets sticky with time and can um, get into all kinds of places, mess up the faders. And um, anyway, this this Akai AX60 kind of uh, emerged as a a really good bang for buck option and uh so i bought one started making recordings and that's what you're going to hear tonight the story so this is up uh when you hear this it's up on Bandcamp. it won't be up on streaming yet but i will have it up by next week's episode where we listen to some more so um it will be up on streaming by next week um, I went through some adventures with this synth. I, I made a few recordings, and then it, it broke. The power supply broke, and that's a whole story. And uh, thanks to the uh, genius and generosity of a, a very nice, I think, Australian man who goes by Golt. Uh, this, this fellow designed, he loves these synthesizers as well, designed a... A replacement power supply and posted all the schematics and everything online where you could just download order the parts and solder yourself up a new power supply it's not it's not beginner's work but it's very approachable intermediate level 
uh, and I'm kind of intermediate level soldering guy. Uh, yeah, I think you undersell yourself, but well, uh, I guess the question I would have uh, from that is, is there not a generic um, power supply that that meets the whatever specs that you know uh, require? Yeah, in this case, we're talking about the internal power supply inside the synthesizer, so... Okay. Yeah. The, the AX60 has a standard, just like a wall plug, right? There's no brick. And so inside, it takes the full wall voltage and regulates and filters it down to the, the three different levels that the synth needs to operate. Okay, so this is completely uh, inside the synth. It's, not... it's, it's completely inside the synth. It's a PCB about the size of a a large guitar pedal, like a Strymon Timeline, you know, or one of the big Strymon. PCB about that size with a bunch of, you know, resistors, capacitors, voltage regulators, um, some diodes, Not nothing fancy in terms of parts. Um, but what happened, and Golt has a great video that goes into all this, but to keep the price of the synth down, Akai kind of cheaped out on the power supply and and made it good enough but only barely and so as it as the instrument ages um you know capacitors start to leak a little bit there's a problem with the um, the manufacturing process and how some of them were made So with this power supply, it, as designed, it operates like right at the edge of what it's capable of. And so naturally, as the parts decay a little bit over time, since it starts off working right at its limit, it, it easily falls below that limit and, and stops working. And a few of the tracks on the album actually come from that transition period as the power supply was dying. And um, I'll, there are a couple that we'll hear one or two. I'll try and point them out if I notice. Have you? Um, but made... I think you've played maybe part of that or some of that for me. Or maybe it was another synth that was dying that you had recorded. It's probably this one. Yeah. Uh, this is the one that made the cool sounds. But yeah, I tried to use that, but eventually it just wouldn't tune at all and would would only kind of burp and make a little ball. Um, but anyway, I got the power supply fixed thanks to the good grace of this Golt fellow and made most of the record after that. Um, yeah, but, you know, in the mid, in the middle and end of the process, after the power supply was fixed, you know, I was just coming home a couple nights a week, turning the synth on, going through patches and seeing if something struck me and I would try and do... If something grabbed me, I would maybe tweak it some. Maybe I'd totally change it. Sometimes I played it as is. You know, and I got it used, so I don't know if it was factory patches or the, the previous owner's patches or a combination. Uh, but some nights I do three or four improvisations. Um, and for that reason, and we'll find, you know, we're, we're kind of planning to have a very general conversation going on. I don't have a lot to say about the individual songs because I don't <laughs> remember making them. It was just... I was just blowing through patches and trying stuff and being very 
free. I'm very proud of my playing on this record. I think it has a lot of feeling and heart, and it's a very where the only mostly dead was kind of heady and like learning about patching and everything, and and thinking about a patch, creating it, and then playing something on it. This was very emotional and just reacting to the sound, sometimes tweaking, and then putting something down in the moment and moving on. And um, it's the f it's the farthest I've ever gone on that type of playing, and I'm excited to do more someday. <laughs> so, uh, I guess what are the general like like how many oscillators like filters are like like your basic you know synth what you would expect to find on a synth like well how does it stack up to i mean you compared it to the juno so i guess yeah it was a juno it was a juno competitor six voices like a juno um i think each voice has two oscillators um there is a unison mode um one of the nice things about the AX60, uh, so there's a lot of patch memory, 64 patches, plus eight saved splits. And then it does, it's, you can do splits, uh, two and four, or, and either four on top or four on the bottom. You can put the split point anywhere. Um, pulse, width, pulse width modulation, which is great. Um, what else? I'll link to like a page on Vintage Sense or whatever that like yeah, describes that. Yeah, I could probably pull something up, but I'm just, I'm just gonna ask you. To, <laughs> um, so this sounds probably that it, like it has an ARP. Yep, this is the arpeggiator, and then kind of using the sustain pedal for creative emphasis and effect. Um. Is it like uh, a? Is it uh? Does it go very deep? Like, can you? I mean, probably up, down, up and down. Yeah, the ARP is really cool, and it also has a. Uh, it'll do the order that you play the notes in, which I love. Yes, I do too. That's usually how I use the ARPs. Yeah, um, which is probably what you hear here, because I think as I'm changing. Oh yeah, cause you yeah. Get... Yeah, cause you can just put in different. Uh, you just put in notes, different notes, uh, release notes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I like what the art like, uh, divisions and anything like that. Div uh, what do you mean divisions? Like, uh, you know, you play something and it's uh, like four quarters, but then you can. Uh, like divide it, uh, go eighth notes or uh, half notes. I mean, internally, there's just like a tempo. Okay. I don't know over MIDI. There's I don't know if there's a way to divide the clock or like how the clock interacts with the ARP. I only used MIDI on uh, two songs. Um, and only for notes on one song. We'll hear the one where I did the notes. So about halfway through the record. Oh, let me say quick. Um, I set out to make to. I set out to limit myself 
to a double LP, 80 minutes roughly. Um, I ended up recording about three hours and 45 minutes of music. <laughs> and um, so you can find that all on Bandcamp if that's what you want. Or what we're listening to tonight and what is also on Bandcamp and what I will put on streaming is a, a playlist version that's about 65 minutes. 64, 63, like something. Thing. A Cliff Notes. I mean, it's a good... I spent a lot of time thinking about it, and it's meant to provide... It's meant to be its own listening experience that has a great conclusion. Like, there's a song that I love that's a total ending song that's not the ending of the three-and-a-half-hour thing, which, and, which relates to the MIDI, and I'll circle back to, but... I spent a lot of time working on the playlist version to provide the the breadth and a good flow and um the playlist version air quotes is a completely legit version of this project but um midi so for one track i sequenced the ax60 with my um elisa's micron uh which has a sequencer i really love yeah and then for the final track of the full three and a half hour one i performed it all on the ax60 but i wanted a second lfo and so i sent a second lfo via midi um and that track is like over 30 minutes long so <laughs> it benefits from the extra movement yeah um that's interesting. Like I, you know, I. When you guys are doing albums that are based on just uh, one synth, is 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 really impressive to me, and I, I would like to do that at some point. But then you, you know, you had three and a half hours of music on this, and so. I mean, if I, I record for 30, 45 minutes, I have trouble, you know, weeding out, you know, unless it's obvious what sounds good and what sounds bad. Like it, it's still a tedious job to do that. So with three and a half hours of music, I mean, you obviously listen to it, you obviously know it, but I mean, how, how long or, you know, how, how tedious did it feel and how long did it take well it's not at all in terms of editing because there was no editing everything was a complete performance with no edits and no overdubs it's only capturing one jam in a moment exactly as I performed it so that saves any going back like i mean occasionally i will record multiple takes um but i will pick i will pick the one on the spot and usually my recording process it's like i pick the first the first one that's good enough i don't chase perfection in the performance i have an idea in mind and the first time that I execute it without obvious mistakes or drawbacks to the take, then that's it, and I move on. 
Yeah, I guess so. You know, uh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say. So that's there's no editing after the fact. Like there's no what we're listening to now. There's no other version of it. This is just it. Yeah. Which, on its face, sounds easy, <laughs> but I—I uh, I mean, these are just improvised, right? Mm-hmm. Semi-improvised, you know. I would—I mean, I had a concept in mind when I would hit record because I would have been jamming for a while. So, like, let's say, just to just to kind of draw it out, like I load up a fresh patch I've never heard before. Hit some keys. Let's say I like the patch. Sometimes I didn't, and I move on to the next patch. But let's say I like the patch. Hit some keys, you know, move some faders, and just kind of see. And either, you know, within five minutes, either an idea has emerged or not. And the idea might be a chord I like, or a little melody, or yeah, I love how this sounds in the bass, or I love how this sounds way up high, or... I'm interested in a diminished scale today, you know, or whatever. And that, uh, like, just it was just to interject real quick, like that tone, that just is kind of, you know, droning away there. Like sometimes I can listen to that stuff for way longer than anybody would <laughs> probably want to. Just be, I mean, because I'm just hearing the sort of the movement that solo movement maybe the you know the pitch isn't quite you know just static um and i could i mean i find i could find that stuff very just um almost meditative totally nate people love that stuff if if you love it if you like if it's something you like listening to someone else will like listening to Uh, it on the internet yeah absolutely yeah yeah This is uh, so. This is symbiosis skin. This is one of my favorite pieces. I don't have much to say about it. It's one of the longer ones. I tried to do a lot of short ones. Man, he really. I, I mean, I don't know when the last time we talked to David was, but I mean, some of this stuff would. I mean, oh, I bet he'll like this. this stuff. Would be a, a a brilliant like ambient record. I mean, and you could you could have the the you know the short version and you can also have I mean it obviously it wouldn't be a physical thing but it would probably be like a what maybe how many discs would that be like four uh probably five I mean you yeah I kind of so and thank you for reminding me of that I did the the full sequence I have divided it also into five single LP length you know, like 45 minute listening experiences, which is the same order. It's just like there's breakpoints, right? Yeah. So if you yeah, like, this, a, some, yeah, man, that if you like this a lot, there is a, and you want like all of it, but you don't want to listen for three and a half hours straight. There is a way that I've set up, and obviously you can just put it on shuffle or whatever. But if you want, there's a, there's a set of five individual 
shorter experiences that the sequence works that way too. Man, Hopefully. That's, that's pretty awesome. And, and it is all the, that Korg uh, synth. What's or about the, Korg? Least, I'm sorry. It's all, it's all the least that at least is synth. This is all the Akai. Akai A60. Oh, Akai, Akai. Jesus, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, so we so we'll get to um, the the sequenced one. It will be the first track of next week's show, okay. um, and it's kind of roughly the halfway point of the big playlist. Overdubs. No overdubs. What? Um, does, does it have any onboard effects like delay or uh, reverb or anything? It has no. It has a beautiful chorus, okay. similar to the Juno. Yeah. Um, it does not do the Juno like both mode. So it's chorus one, chorus two, or off. Um. But I made I made liberal use of the chorus. So uh, I'm totally uh, drawing a blank here. How are you creating, or you know, I mean, sort of creating that delayed effect? Uh, oh, I used um, pedals and stuff. Oh, okay. okay. Sorry, so I should have mentioned that. Yeah. So there's. <laughs> I was like, this is a, yeah. This is, Great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. No, 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 I used I used some some outboard delay. Some what would it have been? Um, I tried to keep it analog. I'm pretty sure. So DoD Rubberneck. Um, DoD. What was there? It's like FX90 or something. Maybe I have it here. No, I don't. Uh, oh yes, I do. I think I have some of these here. Uh, for the audio podcast listeners, sorry, but um, DoD oh. FX ninety six. Okay, yeah, yeah. Which is, I think, like the last like analog delay DoD made for a long time until kind of the revival. Um, I didn't use this a ton, but it's probably on something. This is. Um, this is an Akai analog delay um, that I modded to have like a, a momentary feedback so you can like make it oscillate and do UFO sounds. Nice. And then it's very heavy on DOD. DOD Rubberneck, everybody knows and loves this, or you should. This is an incredible thing. I think they just started making them again. They were not making them for a while, but I think they started making them again. And um, any other delays? I don't remember necessarily. Yeah, I probably used some of my, it would not have been this specific one, but I have built some delays from um, PCBs and stuff off yeah, kits. Yeah. And this, they both of my home built ones have like custom modifications and stuff. Um, as, as you do. So that would have been a thing. 
So welcome, Scott Morris, to the Long Play Listening Party. Scott and I have been friends since we were single digits, low single digits in human years. Um, we've made a ton of music together. We've talked about Scott and Scott, your music and the ways you've uh, collaborated with me on some of my recent projects on the show, I'm sure, but this is your first appearance, and you may not have met Nate before. So, Nate, Scott Morris, Scott Morris, Nate Holtz. Nice to meet you. You as well. And uh, Scott, give me a mic check, one, two. One, two, one, two. Pretty good. Pretty good. We've, uh, we've actually ended up talking about uh, this record a lot more than I thought we would, um, which is great. I love that. Um, but I hope I hope the conversation can go to some other places, too. I mean, Nate, for example, you shared a couple of Google folders with me um, a few weeks ago, right about the time I got some big, exciting family news, and I have not had a chance to dig into them yet. But I know you've been busy. Congratulations uh, again on that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. More later for the podcast listeners, yeah, yeah, yeah. perhaps. Well, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have said congratulations just yet, but I you can say congratulations. I'll take congratulations. It's very exciting. Very exciting. You guys can't wait to hear it. Big, exciting news in the Howard Kreinhoff households. Um, but no, 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 no publicly shareable details yet. So you could probably read between the lines. But just, uh, you know, tune in. You'll, one of the, one of these weeks you're, you're gonna yeah stay out. tuned maybe maybe the christmas you know best of the year show will be uh a time we can really talk about it most wonderful time of the year indeed so i don't know i mean before we move on we should give scott a chance to um he hasn't heard this stuff and it's, it's very lo-fi coming over the call um so I'm, ex- I'm really excited for him to have a chance to hear it in, you know, full quality over the summer and, and dig in a little bit. But I don't know, Nate, did you want to talk any more about um, this album, Continuing Worlds, or should we move on to some other topics? And Oh, we can move on. I mean, I... Uh... Yeah, I just, I, you know, I... It's really the first opportunity I've had to, like, concentrate and focus on listening to it. So I just had, you know, some questions that were popping up. So I mean, we can do what we talk about whatever we want. Yeah, no, and I'll I'll be happy to keep talking about it. I'm I'm honestly surprised we got this far, because um, I I didn't think I had that much to say. Well, I I mean, uh, some of the background you gave, and then we 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 did get into that synth a little bit, which was which is interesting because. Um, like you said, it's it's been basically, you know, maybe a Juno, I don't want to call it clone, but um, an alternative to the Juno, which is very popular. People know what the Juno is, but maybe not this synth, which I wasn't too familiar with. Yeah, alternative is a good word. It has, it's, you know, it's a six voice analog poly from the 80s. So that puts it right in Juno territory. Yep. It has some some different features um with the pulse width modulation with the 
it does a cool combination um, triangle and ramp waveform um, that's really nice. Um, the filter is quite different um, to my ear at least. I don't know about the circuitry um, and what what um, the actual like schematic would be. The resonance on the filter is like out of control. It's it's really hard to use beyond about twenty five percent of the um, fader. Is it is it reminiscence reminiscence of a, another type of filter that you've heard or? I don't know. I will maybe I will do a quick look up on the filter while someone else is talking and see if I can. Um, figure something out about it um or maybe i'll put it in the show notes that might be better yeah probably i mean um, it'd be but yeah it's i mean it's it's kind of hard to tell because the resonance is so aggressive it's like if you turn it up at all and kind of try and hear the sweep it's kind of hard to identify because it's just like out of control have you had a chance to play another one of the same kind is it idiomatic i haven't ears or yeah no i haven't um, but the resonance thing is like definitely a thing about the synth itself. It's not sure. like my unit isn't broken or anything. I've thought about modding it to take the resonance down a bit, but I haven't I haven't done it yet. This is a well, nice hopefully all, hopefully that provides some unintended personality. So this synth, I mean, if you want a Juno alternative with personality, that's exactly what this is. It's quirkier. It, you know, it covers, and you probably picked up just listening to the sounds by now, it covers a lot of the same territory, but in its own way. And, you know, if you want like classic Juno sounds for a pop track, get a Juno or get a plug-in. This is just a little bit of a different beast and it's a little bit... Um, it's got some rough edges, I would say, compared to the Juno. And that that makes it lovable to me. Right. That could make it a pain in the butt to somebody else. Sounds a lot like some of my jazz band drummers. <laughs> that's a that's a lovely interpretation yeah uh so listeners scott's a music teacher uh in the family tradition and um i don't know i mean we can get into that if you want nate's got we haven't done a nate update i don't know where we want to go i don't know um, that's that's uh how what do you teach scott um well I my primarily like home position is six seven eight band at a middle school, um, but most people in my position have two elementaries. I so I also teach beginning band, but I also have the um, blessing of going to the high school as well. So I'm still five twelve in this position, and I get to work with the beginners to like fantastic musicians that at the senior level so um 
just a wide wide range of yeah uh, and i feel very confident in all those settings it's just you know it's fun wearing different hats and going in it's sometimes hard to switch modes quickly but it's fun yeah i I have a music education degree but i um the classroom was just a very different environment and and sort of intimidating and so um i did not follow that path but i was in you know i have uh, a couple of good friends that are uh, excellent therapists um excellent educators i play with a um well, he plays trumpet and also plays like auxiliary percussion but he uh i think he just got his master's um and he teaches at a at an art academy in kansas city um and yeah he's doing a lot of things and and, and it seems like he has just a really great time uh you know going to competitions and doing all of that stuff Yeah, it's 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 a lot of, of work. I can imagine. Oh yes, I mean, there's no shortage of that. Especially the higher, as the kids get better, they offer per, more performance opportunities. So the yes. administrative duties of keeping them, giving them opportunities, is you know, is a thing. Yeah. Um, you know, you, the kids always keep you going. The music always keeps you going, but it's staying on top of everything that becomes the the challenge or the moving target. Because sure. as you th- do things annually, it's not like it's like it's all, you just you just do things once a year. So that's like, right. oh yeah, how did I do that? Oh yeah, how did I do that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, um, I I very much enjoyed time in grad school and like deep. And some of my electives being able to do like deep dives on electronic music like this and uh, media and like working on the Max ESP and different recordings and like making samples and all that. So it's like the wonderful world of, you know, music is infinite. And so we can it really is. learn how to do mouthpiece buzzes at the beginning band level or like sit in a room for 10 hours trying to figure out one little 10 second passage work the way that you intended it to on electronic music <laughs> yeah oh well, i mean it what um so different than when i was in school is that you know you're starting off in, at, at a much much younger age in, in that sort of getting that sort of experience getting those you know, electronic music is is absolutely more of a of a focus, and uh, just because that's what is you know kind of proliferating has proliferated since. Um, so I always am, am, am in awe of what you know kids that were you know when I was their age, like what I knew versus what they know. I'm like it's amazing how how much you know, further ahead they start out. Yeah, because I mean, I definitely even run into some students not, I mean, who are connected to the music department in the high school, but like are not necessarily band kids that are doing some like crazy stuff or like they're maybe they connected with like a sound and lighting place. Um, yeah. And doing some really interesting, high quality musicianship work, but aren't necessarily in the band. So I do know what you mean. Um, 
And I, I guess that's what I kind of find kind of looping back to the drummer. Well, and a lot of these things, it's like, like you'll find it or it finds you like, you know, I don't have a time to like do a full drum set curriculum to find my best drummers, but they sort of emerge. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So in the electronic music world where the people doing like sound stuff, um, in the community or like through, you know, studio work or even like movie and film, like those people just like, they gravitate towards that. They love it. They get their answers, questions and find the people out and figure it out. So it's just kind of like, if you love it, you figure it out. Yeah. That's, I couldn't agree more. If you love it, you figure it out. And this is actually our uh, break time, fellas. So I'm hoping we can just roll straight through. But listeners, we're going to we're gonna let you go for this week. Uh, you can pick up Continuing Worlds on Bandcamp only right now. Um, but by next week, I'll have it on the streaming platforms, the selections from edition that we're listening to on this show. Uh, but I encourage you to explore the long one and just uh, treat it like a treat it like something you could throw on shuffle. Nightmode.bandcamp.com links in all the descriptions. We appreciate you listening. This has been the Long Play Listening Party. Later, everybody. Oh, <laughs> my